everyone. Welcome to another episode of Gen Z. My name is Ines, and today I'm here with an ACE educator. And see if you please give us a brief introduction. Tell us a bit about you. Okay. Um, my name, do you want my full name? Yes, your full government name. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yes, please. My names are Ifa Daniel Sebuloa. Okay, Elizabeth Mweke. Are you okay now? Yes, That's what you asked for. Yes, All right. So I deal with children. I teach children. Um, most of the time, it's voluntary. And um, I love to deal with children because it, I learn a lot from them. Okay. So, and I believe that if you're able to deal with children or handle children or work with children, I prefer to use the word work, then you can work with anybody at all. So it takes a lot of patience and... You <laughs> need the patience every day, short per second. Okay, so today we are going to talk mainly about raising Gen Zs. You're a mother of a Gen Z. <laughs> so what's that experience been like? Okay. Because everyone has a lot to say about our generation, too much even. The Gen Z generation, I would say, is a handful. And the generation after them, I have no comment yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Gen Z, like you, like you said, mm -hmm. are very different from, from us when we're growing up. Okay. The environment different is different. Different as in we are more opinionated and we speak more. Yes. That's because we seem to give you the platform. Our parents did not give us that platform. I feel like... I would say that because okay. we wanted an opportunity or wanted every opportunity to express ourselves, but it wasn't given to us. Mm. So we... We understand where the Gen Z children are coming from. So you've given a bit so more give room. A, yeah, a little more room. Because it's what we wanted. So we, since we couldn't get it, let's see if we can give it to our children and help them and guide them. Do you okay, think we've to be built the room you've given us or we've completely shattered <laughs> the building? No, I wouldn't say you completely shattered the building. I would say that you need guidance. Okay. Guidance. Because where there is no guidance, then the child would derail. Yeah. Okay. And this has a lot to do with the way you pamper your child. The what privileges you allow the child to enjoy, to what extent, and whether or not you draw the line to let the child know there are borders you cannot cross. Okay? And so on. Specifically in terms of African parenting, and in Ghana, in Nigeria, in West Africa generally, there's the whole concept of communal parenting where your neighbors can call your child and beat them for something they've done. <laughs> or a friend of a friend of a friend of a parent who just come and then, you know, praise you for something. Do you think that still stands currently or it's shattered and it's gone at all? Like it's, it's phasing out, I would say. So you think it's still there a bit? <coughs> From my point of view, mm -hmm. it's phasing out. The reason I say it's phasing out is because every parent now, parents, Gen Z parents now are more like, it's my child. Don't deal with my child. I will take care of my child. Whatever the problem is, I will deal with my child. Is that good or bad in your opinion? To some extent, I would 
I would say it should not be allowed, not good or bad, but it should not be allowed. This is because I grew up in uh, an environment where it was communal living. Mm. I was even punished by a neighbor for not going to school. <laughs> and my parents didn't know I didn't go <laughs> to, to school, school because I was late for school. And our school gate was such that no matter how you try to open it without making a sound, it, it, you get caught. It disappoints you. <laughs> and once my headmistress hears the sound of the gate, She's peeping out through her window and to she's see seeing you and you're marching straight to her office. Oh my God. You hold the secretary's uh, chair mm. and if you, are, if you are lucky, you get 24 lashes. Lucky. As in, and she gives it to you all the way from your, your back, the whole of your back to your calf. Yes. And you dare not scream. So I was late for school and I was avoiding that and I didn't go to school. I hid in a compound, a neighbor's compound, and she found me. After disciplining me, and then I begged she should not tell my parents. Mm -hmm. She promised she wouldn't. And I told her I would do things for her. She agreed. <laughs> and then when my parents came back, lo and behold, she was in our house. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, you know what would, happen, would yeah. have happened to me. So it, it helped to shape the child and let the child understand that you can't do certain things and go score free because you think your parents are not there. Yeah. All eyes are on you. But some parents would argue that. In the current society we are in, it's not very safe because now there are lots of people with ulterior motives and people aren't as good as they were back then. Yes, that has formed the reason we are losing this communal yes. discipline because as a, in those days, our parents, our neighbors felt that, look, I will punish you, I will use uh, punitive measures because I want to correct you. It was out of love. But now there's so much, um, well, I say there's an increase in jealousy, in envy, yeah. strive, and all of those things. So People are suffering. <laughs> exactly. People are transferring aggressions and to yeah. other people. And they might be jealous that you are doing better than their children, and they want to do whatever well, it takes yeah. to just bring you down. Yes, that is also a contributing factor to why parents decide, no, I'll deal with my child, child myself. Know. But to some other extent, it's not helping because the child knows that I can do certain things and get away with when mom's not there. And it's having a, a rippling effect even on the way the child relates to the parents. Yeah. I'll give this scenario quickly. Uh, there's a, a child who leaves the school and instead of going home, goes to a friend's house. Mm. And his friend was saying, you have to go home. Okay. Okay, and he's, he refuses. And his brother meets them up on the way and says, let's go home. So his brother moves ahead of him and then thinking his younger brother is coming behind him and then goes home. But the guy diverts and through goes, back to, and goes back to his friend's house. And then when he was reported, he said, oh, I know what I can say to mommy to get her off my back. Ish. And I was like, no. So when we called in the parents, they were like, so this is what has happened. So, and this is what your boy said. Mm. And she was like, I'm tired of this boy. I don't know what to do again. In short, whatever the school wants to do, let them do. I'm saying, no, no. You should not transfer your responsibility to, to the other school. People. You have your place to deal with whatever situation that has happened. Mm -hmm. And the school has its place. Do not transfer your responsibility to the school. Number one, it will not be fair. Number two, you will not have a hold on that boy for, the for you to talk to the child and for the child to be able listen. to listen to you. You lose your ground as a parent. So, 
with what we are moving on to, I'm a culprit and I know. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about losing tradition and values and culture, adages and whatnot. And tradition in the sense of language, proverbs, all that indigenous stuff that a lot of us don't even know because I, I can't speak my local language. <laughs> and most of us blame our parents because growing up, there's a lot of English around. And I grew up in a Ga municipality, so I can speak Ga, but I'm Ewe and I can't speak Ewe. So what's your take on that? Do you think we are actually losing the ability to transfer our cultural values and languages and whatnot onto our children? Yes, I would say so because you are not just the culprit, I'm also the culprit. <laughs> because I, I gave an excuse that being in Ghana, yes, my child will have would um, have a lot of conflicts trying to pick all the languages, mm. okay? She'll be exposed to Ga, she'll be exposed to tree, she'll be exposed to our indigenous language. Yeah. How, will she able, how will she be able to fit in and be able to you know, pick up all those languages and be able to speak them fluently, especially our language? Yeah. But that was a mistake I made. I should have allowed her and taught her from scratch. So what I didn't do, I'm now doing. Okay. <laughs> so it's true because, you see, the identity of the people is in their language. So I would say it's never late to start teaching the child, even if you didn't start early. It's never late because that is what the child would be identified by. And in the languages, we have the values. In the languages, we have the adage. I remember growing up one day, I did something, and I was expecting my mom to hit me because that was the norm. And she just stood there and looked at me, and she said, I'll, I'll say it in, in, in English. Okay. She said, use your tongue to count your teeth. And literally, I started using my tongue to count my <laughs> teeth because I didn't understand that. So my other sister had to laugh at me. Uh -huh. And she now explained, sorry, she now explained what it meant. Yes. Okay. So it was from there that I started to pick up interest in ideas and all. There was something my, husband, my, my, my sister did to me and then we were, we were quarreling yeah. and in my language she said I'll say it in my language and I'll, I'll yes I'll yeah. um, interpret yes she said I will lay you and I interpreted it that she was insulting me and I will lay means it's your luck okay it's up to you kind of yeah so I started crying and I told my mom that she was calling me a thief you know, and my mom said, no, she, that's not what it means. And she started to explain. So from time to time, she, not just my mom, my dad, too, would say things to us and then, you know, fusing the adages into it. And yeah. it actually helps us to learn and read in between the lines. Yeah. Yeah. But I think some adages are questionable. Like? Obey before complain. <laughs> that's a military rule. <laughs> I believe. It's like, <laughs> but a lot of African households use that. Yes, and they would infuse the Bible verse that says, obedience oh is better than sacrifice. Mercy. I know. <laughs> I know, right? Yes, like because you're expected to do what they've asked you to do without mm -hmm. So if you have any other, any, other, any other thing to say, if you have a complaint, bring it on later. Just do what you're asked to do. Because they felt that we were argumentative. But if you don't fully understand the situation, how can... Hmm. I know, right? That hmm. is why we, the parents of the Gen Z, okay, children, are now 
giving them that opportunity to explain certain things to them. Yeah. But you know, children can ask a lot of questions. A friend of mine was saying one day, she, she, was, she heard a parent talking to a child. I think she read it and she said, the child kept asking the, series, asking the mom a series of questions. Question. And the mom says, curiosity kills the, the cat. cat. And the child turns to the mother and says, what does the, what does the cat want to know? <laughs> and the woman gave up because like, I've explained this thing to you, you over and over again. again. So I, I know. So we, they, they ask a lot of questions. And if we don't answer these questions for them, they will get the answers outside. And they will get the wrong answers, answers which is going to be a lot of work for we the parents and, and the family to deal with because you now have to try to clean up whatever image or impression has been created in the life of a child because of that. My mom's strategy for me growing up was she would buy me the books and give them to me to read because then she doesn't have the time or the patience to keep explaining, explaining. things. So she just buy the books and then... So yes, that's a tip for parents. Yeah, <laughs> it, it helps. So backtracking a bit, you're both an educator and a parent. So in terms of the grades of your child... What do you have to say about the role that parents should play and, edu and educators should play? Because then some parents are very, very, very strict in terms of your academics. And some don't really mind. They are like, do you? So what's your take on that? My take on that is let the child be and guide the child. So the educator has his or her role to play in the life of a child. And the parents have their own roles to play okay. in the life of a child. But we can see that from the way things are, parents have become too busy, and we allow the teachers to play the role of parents in the life of a child. When I was in school, one of my teachers used to say that the, parent, the teachers spend way more time you see, the teacher, the, sorry to cut in, the teacher has not become the parent, parent. of the child in and out of the school. <laughs> because as a teacher, you can get a call, a call that can go like this. Hello, my child has been with the phone, and I've been talking to this child to drop the phone. The child is not listening to me. Please talk to the child. Hey, I'm like, what? it has gotten there. <laughs> How am I supposed to? You are to in your house, and <laughs> someone else is... Let me just move into your house. <laughs> and so now you know that. As a teacher, I'm actually the parents uh, now as well. Exactly. You see, and then you see the fact that parents, mothers now work more on like yes. those days. So they have to wake up very early and then the child plays a tantrum, wanting to bath, delaying the bathing, eating. So they now have to pack the breakfast and lunch at the same time if the child doesn't eat school food. food. And hey. then you, the teacher, will now have to babysit the child, make sure the child has eaten. If the child is sick, they bring the medication to you. You also have to give the medication to the child and all make of sure that. The child but is then learning. the parents should know, no matter what, we should try and understand that parents have their roles and teachers okay. have their roles to okay. play in the life of a child. So let's not give our roles as parents to the, the, to the teachers. But some teachers also welcome the roles wholeheartedly. That's because they are dealing with the child and yeah. they don't have a choice because you don't have a time for the child. If they don't have the time for the child as well, where will the child stand? So we are, we, we are now looking out for the child now, not the parent yeah. as the teacher. So you see, so everything is holistic because if the child doesn't eat breakfast, it disturbs learning. If the child doesn't eat well, it disturbs learning. learning. If the child is disturbed, it, it affects learning as well. 
Okay. We're moving on to gender disparity. <laughs> you have just one child and a female, so, but you're an educator. In terms of gender roles, assigning specific um, chores to specific genders, like cleaning the car is for the boy, cleaning the kitchen and cooking is for the girl, all that, please, what's your... Because I always like this kind of question. I'm always arguing with my mom about this in the house because I'm like, at the end of the day, he's going. To, my brother is going to eat as well. So what's the problem if he learns <coughs> to cook? And sorry, no problem. Things have changed as well. Initially, back when these rules were more dominant, the woman was not going to school as much. She would maybe go up to the basic level and then drop out. But now people, females are going to universities. Females are heading institutions. Females are valedictorians. So now, so how is this adding up right now? Whether you're a boy or a girl doesn't stop you from washing your clothes, sweeping the house, Amen. or even cooking. Amen. I grew up in a house where we were six children, mm -hmm. three girls and three boys. Girls first, and yeah. then boys. We wash clothes together. We wash our father's car That's together. That's interesting. So my father will not sit down and say, because you are a boy, don't wash my clothes for me. Or because you're a girl, don't wash my, my car for me. Yeah. We actually used to compete washing my father's car. <laughs> yeah, we used to compete. So like my that. father will say, oh, the girls did better this today than the boys, <laughs> and the boys will go and gather momentum <laughs> the next time and want to do better and clean the interior and everything. I didn't grow up in that kind of house. You will learn to sweep. You I will like sweep. That. You will do everything yourself. I like and that. it's not proper to give roles based on gender. Because when the child grows grow up or grows up, at the end of the day, who's going to wash your clothes for you? They become dependent. Exactly. And then you see, they'll say, okay, we have washing machines. We have people who come to your house to, to wash, wash and everything and clean up your house. And that should be a luxury to help you when you're very busy. But there are times where... You will be on your own. At that time, what happens? Will your house smell? Would you smell of <laughs> setting orders because yes. you didn't wash your clothes very well? You know, there's something uh, my daughter did when she was going to school. Yeah. So a few days, a few weeks actually before <laughs> she, she left for school. <laughs> so she was going to do her laundry. Yeah. And then I said, she had soaked them in the bowl. And I'm like, why don't you use the washing machine? She said, Mommy, there will be no washing machine in school. <laughs> so I have to wash my with my hands and get used to, to washing it. with my hands. So do you know up to date, even when she's on break and she comes home, she Is doesn't use the washing wash machine. machine. Because she, she wants to get used to it. So yeah. that when she finds herself in that, I didn't prompt her to. She made up her mind to, to do, do that. So, so now when A she finds herself... takes initiative. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so when she finds herself in certain situations where there are no washing machines, she'll be able to wash her clothes and wash them That's properly. That's amazing. So I believe we should go for both gender. Yeah. So washing and cooking are basic life skills. Yeah. So everyone should learn to do those mm -hmm. on their own. So you know when you are putting too much salt in it <laughs> and too much pepper, <laughs> if you can't eat the food, then nobody else can eat it. <laughs> we are going to talk <laughs> about decency now. Hmm. For some reason, anklets are associated with being a prostitute. Mm. Tattoos are associated with being a delinquent. Piercings on a boy are show that he's some kind of fraudster or something. What is your opinion on these stereotypes? Okay. I, I grew up being taught that 
when you engage in this kind of activities or have this kind of lifestyle, you are wayward. Mm-hmm. But as I grew up and began to read wide and study things around me, I realized that there are certain cultures that dress that way. Yeah. It's just that people are, are going to the extreme with mm-hmm. it. Do you understand? Yeah. There's a proverb in my place that says, um, you don't wear what you ordinarily wear on your ears, on your eyes. But now it's happening. So literally, <laughs> you don't wear earrings on your yeah. eyes. But, but even on your navel, even on, excuse me to say, there are private part people have studs there. It's the extreme. <laughs> that ha- has nothing to do with culture. And for me, it's not decent, for crying out loud. It's not. There are, there are cultures where tattoo is part of their way yeah. of life. Okay? From where I come from, I remember my daughter was asking me uh, what we call, there are certain marks and designs we do on our bodies, and she was asking me what it was. I realized that I didn't know. Yeah. Okay? But I was so sure that I've heard about it, but I've forgotten. So at that particular time, I told her, I don't know. But it is something we do just like the... Um, the le- is it called Lele? The houses do, or yeah. the Muslim when they had the henna, henna, aha, uh-huh, to design their hands and everything. So it fades up after some time, yeah. and then you go and yeah, do refresh it, it. Now you do it as a girl when you want to get married you, with the white chalk and everything to beautify yourself. You know, paint your face, put designs. As you can see, some of them in these are Nollywood movies yeah. and the rest. It's part of our culture, and some actually do tattoos, like the Yorubas. Yeah. Their tribal marks are a form of tattoo. They actually cut you and put a herb mix, a mixture of herbs with some uh, black suits or something, yeah. and then so that when it goes, it leaves that black mark or design on, on your you. body. So if it's part of your culture, fine. But, but if, if it's, it's not, not part, <laughs> and you you fancy it. Do it like them. Don't go to the extreme. Because definitely there are health, health implications yeah. with all of these things. And now it comes to dressing. Everything has to be done decently and in order. You can wear your mini skirts and be decent. Okay? You can wear your low uh, curve line and everything and be decent. The word there is decency. And you still look as beautiful as any other person. So I believe that you won't say, oh, because it's my life, it's my way of life, it's now the norm. Mm-hmm. I can wear my, um, what do you call it? Um, the name has, yeah, your beach wear and just oh. walk around the streets like, like that. And say, yeah. It's my, no. <laughs> there are certain clothes for appropriate places, places and, you know. So we should just go by the word decency. Eh? It will guide us to do a lot of things better. We are wrapping up. So okay. the last and final thing we're going to talk about is the concept of loving your parents and parents loving their children, but not necessarily always liking them. Because mm-hmm. I had this conversation with my mom and it led to an argument because she was like, how can I not like you? And I was like, mommy, honestly, sometimes you wouldn't like me, but then the love is always there. Okay. Because I feel like you can love someone unconditionally, your family and whatnot. But there are moments where they might do something that would upset you. And right now, you don't like the person. Exactly. So the thing there is, the person loving you or liking you is not in question. Mm -hmm. But what is in question is what you have done at that time. Okay. Which is infuriating the person. (laughs) And the person is not thinking about whether it's about loving you or liking Liking you. you. The person is just appalled by your behavior, what you have done. Okay. Do you understand? And it is the love that the person has for you 
that he or she will not do certain things, will decide to think before he or she does whatever it is that the person wants to do. Because when okay. you're angry, a lot of things crosses your mind. And then when you think about it, it's a relationship you have with that person that actually helps you to stay away from yeah. anything you want to do that might be gross. <laughs> okay? So it's not about the person not liking you. The person doesn't like your character or your behavior or your attitude at that particular time okay. and what you have done. That is what the person doesn't like. Mm -hmm. Not that person doesn't like you. So your being loved or your being liked is not in question, but what you have done, done. that is... Making the person feel infuriated, okay. angry at you, irritated. <laughs> I know. And then the person doesn't want to see you. Just say, yeah. please leave, leave, leave. Get out of my side. Just just go. I don't want to see you. Just go. Leave me alone. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. So it doesn't question the person's like or love for you. It's just the just action the or action whatever. at that moment, yes. Thank you so much for this very insightful conversation. Okay. It has Thank been you great too. to have you on. Hopefully we can continue this later with more you know aspects i'll be glad to <laughs> thank you very much for watching gen z and yes we are grateful to our guests and if you for gracing us with their presence see you next time peace out <laughs> <laughs>